hold on to it and don't let go, that means you're going to have to have a little struggle going on there. And this is the way God wants you to overcome the works of the devil. A breakthrough means you got to break through something that's blocking you from worshiping God like you're supposed to. Welcome to episode four in our series, Revelation Expectations. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Apostle Charles Wright. And this is Stephanie Wright. We are on a journey through the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in the Bible. Today, we conclude chapter two of Revelation with the church of Thyatira, verses 18 through 29. We encourage you to listen to this series, first podcast or YouTube presentation to establish a good foundation for future episode studies. Revelation is a beautiful book about Jesus, his mercy to us and the unsaved. He prolongs his return because God does not want any uh, souls to be lost. If you do not know him, now would be a good time to invite Jesus into your heart as your Savior and Lord. We remind ourselves that the spirit of these seven churches is in the earth today. We should examine ourselves and not focus on these historical churches, although a historical study is good. But we should reflect on our own lives as pastors, leaders, and church members. Because Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 tells us, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is at hand. And remember, the seven churches are addressed by Jesus, all red letter, before we are told in the later chapters of what is to come, the warning of the wrath of God, but not for those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord. You may also see this episode on YouTube, and our handle is at CG Missions, Inc., or listen on our website to this podcast, cgmissions.com forward slash podcast. All right, let's get started. We're going to give you an idea of what we'll talk about. We're going to talk about Jesus's title and his identification. We will discuss uh, the Church of Thyatira and what they did do, which was complimentary, and what they did not do, which was a displeasure to the Lord. Also, we will look at challenges, charges, and instructions for change and improvement for this church. Also, we will discover punishment or chastenings or what may be called judgments uh, that come from the Lord. We'll look at the adversaries that uh, reflected upon this church and what we need to do, uh, as well as anything else that the Lord gives us. And I don't know if you mentioned the fact that there are promises also that God has made to each of the churches. And uh -huh. every one of these uh, things that Apostle Charles has just mentioned is a foundation for every church. And we pointed out in an earlier podcast that um, there are two things that are said to every church. And we'll highlight those as we go through this particular church of Thyatira. Okay, Stephanie, I guess you'll start at verse 18 of chapter 2. Okay, we're talking about first Jesus' title. His title in verse uh, 18, it says, These things says the Son of God. And remember, this is all red letter. These are Jesus' words. 
who has his eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like brass. It also says in verse 22, I am he which searches the reins and the hearts. And we learned in a study uh, earlier today that, um, and Apostle Charles and I do listen to other um, commentators. And we, uh, let me say here, as we said in chapter, in our first episode, that there are a lot of different um, theories, positions on the book of Revelation. And everybody doesn't get it right. Everybody doesn't have it wrong. But this is the way that the Lord has given us to interpret it. But we did listen to someone today who pointed out that this flame of fire is, is showing God, uh, Christ Jesus' um, anger. Uh, in particular, I guess we're talking about at the Church of Thyatira, and we'll discuss that a little bit later. And it goes on in verse 22, Jesus is described as the one who searches the reins and the hearts. So not only this church, but he is searching our hearts. So take a look inward at your own heart and ask where you are, what does Jesus see in your heart? Yes, don't forget the scriptures that we are studying in the book of Revelation apply not only to the churches of that time when uh, the Lord had given it to John to write and report this to the churches in Macedonia or uh, what we call today Turkey. Uh, it applies to us today as well. Amen. So now let's, are we ready to talk about what this church Thyatira did? That was complimentary, that, yes. Uh, what they did that was a good thing, okay? Mm -hmm. You want to take that? Well, uh, in verse 19, we are told that the Lord spoke to uh, John to write these words that Jesus says, I know your works or I know that works and your charity and service and your faith and the patience that you have and the works that you do. And the last to be more than the first. In other words, your works are being uh, greater, I believe, um, because he's mentioned works twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a compliment coming from the Lord. And he usually does that with uh, virtually all the seven churches. Yes. That's one of the things that he repeats in for each of the churches. He says, I know your works. And then he points out what it is about their works. And he and in this, as you pointed out, he says their charity and charity is love. So so even though he says he knows their works, he knows their love, service, faith, patience and I guess this will speak to us as far as being careful that we don't let our works overshadow our love for, for Christ, because he does emphasize works here twice. And as we go on to talk about what they did not do, we're going to find out that he may not have necessarily been that impressed with their works alone. Yeah, the Lord is pointing out also he knows our hearts and he knows what's there and what is not there. So we proceed and he says uh, he's going to identify some things that they did not do. OK, they're doing a lot of good things, which most of us believe our churches do. But then the Lord is always searching deeper. And he says here in the 20th verse uh, to the church of Thyatira in chapter two of Revelation, he said, notwithstanding or however, I have a few things against you or against thee because you suffer uh, that woman, Jezebel, uh, which is a spirit, I believe, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And don't forget that this, this, these churches are actually Hebraic churches. But nevertheless, we are also the children of God and this to us as well. 
So what we want to point out about this woman Jezebel, there are different theories as to whether this was actually a woman or is it a spirit. And Apostle Charles and I agree pretty much that it's not a woman that is being referred to here. It is referring to a spirit. Yeah. And um, it also goes on in verse 21, which we've kind of jumping over here a little bit because we talk about the punishment, but it's going to talk about uh, children, her children and the punishment that will come. But that still, we believe, represents a spirit, the offspring of the spirit of idolatry and also a spirit of control. Queen Jezebel became the wife of King Ahab of Israel around 874 BC. She brought heathen practices and idol worship to the marriage, most notably the worship of a heathen god, Baal. You can read more about this in um, in 1 Kings. But the spirit of Jezebel is an idolatrous and controlling spirit. And God has so much contempt for idolatry because it has drawn his creation, that is man, from worshiping him to worshiping everything from inanimate objects to human beings and even Satan. His wrath is justified, and we will see how he justifies it in later chapters in this book of Revelation. But for but for the love of Christ, for us, God would have sent his wrath to the earth long ago. So we thank God for Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross so God's mercy could prevail. So anyway, this is what we believe the reference to Jezebel and her children is being um, posited here in this chapter of yes, Revelation. Especially that part of punishment that uh, Stephanie read where he said that uh, because of her, she would not repent, the spirit will not repent. The spirit of Jezebel will not repent when people are uh, being influenced by uh, what I call celebrities. And sometimes uh, people with a lot of influence are celebrities and they can drag you away from God and cause you to worship the celebrity, the pastor, and worship your church. You find people can get to the point where they worship their church. They don't worship the Lord. They come to church, they work, they serve, they do good things, but they don't love God. They're just doing it maybe for show. However, it's a, a deceitful spirit. It's And it, it was pointed out there when Stephanie read about Jezebel is that she would teach and preach, if you would, and uh, create a spirit of deceitfulness that would be drawn into the people or in the house of God and draw them away from God instead of pushing them towards God. So, yeah, uh, very influential, corrupt and deceitful. It's witchcraft and manipulative. It's a cult. It is not God. So God was displeased with this Jezebel spirit in the church of Thyatira. Okay. And let me say that the... Um you know, the idols don't just have to be people. Um, it can be, you know, we can make ourselves out of idols when we don't obey the voice of God. Mm -hmm. If he tells us, for instance, to go on a fast and we decide we're going to deliberately ignore that. Well, we're kind of making food out of an idol at that point. Mm. God tells us to turn the television off mm. and pray. We're making the television out of an idol. Anything that can distract you away from the voice of God, away from the Holy Spirit, giving you direction, you are making that out of an idol. Yeah. At least 
That's how I see it for myself. That's how that's what God is trying to show us because we're grieving the Holy Spirit because we do a displeasure and we dishonor the Lord by not following through with his instructions because God loves us too much. He cares about us too much. That's why it was mentioned earlier. He delays his uh, his uh, possible punishment. That's going to no, it's not possible. It's going to happen to some people who continue to displease God. Don't love it. You really, it's almost reflecting on the church in Ephesus. They did not love God. They left their first love and they made God. Sometimes, you know what? Let me throw this in the picture. Sometimes, some of the times God is blessing us. We say, oh, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm so blessed. And yes, you are. But so is the sinner man. So was Jezebel. Jezebel was rich. She was blessed. But don't count your blessings as uh, the means and methods to identify yourself as pleasing God. Don't do it. You're making an idol out of it, like she said. You know, food, clothes, uh, houses and land, money, all this kind of stuff. It breaks the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, saith the Lord. Amen. Okay, so where are we going to next? We Are we ready to talk about the charge and what yes. God is telling them that they should do? Right. Do you want to take that? The 25th verse. Here's what Jesus gives um, an instruction, and it's really brief. He says, but in the 25th verse, he says, but that which you do already have. Now, see, you, you've got something he's telling the church. I want you to get rid of this Jezebel spirit. But what you do have that is pleasing to the Lord, he says this as a charge, a challenge and an instruction. He says, hold fast to it because the enemy wants to steal it from you and kill it out of your heart and bring a death spirit inside the house of God. And God does not like that. Amen. Amen. So. That tells us as long as we have breath in our body, God is saying there is something for us to hold fast to. You know what? You brought up something good referring to Elijah when he was on the mountain and destroying those uh, prophets of Baal that were following the instructions of uh, Jezebel. That was a spiritual warfare going on on that battle. See, and you, when you're going to hold on to something real fast and hold on to it and don't let go, that means you're going to have to have a little struggle going on there. And this is the way God wants you to overcome the works of the devil. Several times we will see here in the words overcome, have a breakthrough. A breakthrough means you got to break through something that's blocking you from worshiping God like you're supposed to. God is not pleased when we let these things block us and keep us boxed in and not worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So uh, now... What are we? What are we on now, Apostle Charles? We talked about chastening and punishment, mm -hmm. and we kind of touched on that a little bit. But yeah. it says um, in verse twenty-one for punishment, and I gave her, and we talked about the doctrine of Jeze Jeze Jezebel. I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And we said that's the offspring of idolatry. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. So this is the punishment that God is saying will be brought upon them. And that they, if they don't repent of their deeds, they um, will be punished. Yeah. And it talks about the great tribulation. And that is, I believe... A, a reference to things that we will discuss later when we talk about the tribulation period. So that chastening requires us to make a change, repent, and because he searches the heart. And uh, we're supposed to, it, it, it's, it's not all bad judgment. It's good judgment because he's chastening us. 
chastening the church here at Thyatira as he does us. He wants us to change. He gives us a warning and he lets us know there is a prophecy of punishment to follow through if and when we don't follow through with his instructions to hold fast till he comes. Hold fast to that which is good and pleasing in the eyesight of God. Okay. And uh, the promises of God, they are, uh, verse 24, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, meaning there are some who are not following that spirit of Jezebel, and which have not known the depths of Satan, and they, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. So that's saying that everybody that's in the church is not following after the wrong things, not following after Satan. And he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And that is a reference, I believe, to what we will study at the end of this book when uh, Jesus finally returns to the earth and he will give us power over the nations. We will rule um, uh, in this new earth that is going to be coming. The good thing is that the promise of uh, that, that God gives to us is because of overcoming. You have to, we have to continue to overcome. And we do this with going, having the breakthroughs that God is bringing into. He's already given you some power. <laughs> He's given you the power to have a breakthrough. He's given you the power to overcome and keep his works all the way. And it says right there in the 26th verse, until the end, until I come. So there's more power to follow. There's greater breakthroughs to follow. Uh, I think we're told in scripture is that uh, from faith to faith and glory to glory. Ah, can I throw this in? From breakthrough to breakthrough and overcoming to overcoming. So we're continuously growing in, uh, in pleasing God as we grow in him and grow in his power. And so trying to wrap things up here, uh, it also says that we shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. So it tells us that those who do overcome and resist the spirit of Jezebel, that we will be, uh, as I said, rulers with the Lord when he returns. And it says, I will give him the morning star. That means that uh, if you look in Malachi, at the end of Malachi, it talks about Jesus being the morning star. So he is saying he's, he's giving himself to us. We are going to see him face to face. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. That, I think that's Malachi 4 and 2, I believe, chapter 4 and verse 2, where it says to uh, that he is God is going to give unto the righteous who follow the instructions and charges and uh, he's going to give to. It's almost like we mentioned in one of the other podcasts. Uh, a stone, a white stone, a crown, and so forth and so on. He says, I'm going to give to you the morning star, which is the sun, S-U-N in this case in Malachi, but it reflects on Jesus, the sun light, bringing you out of darkness and keeping you out of darkness. Uh, and uh, this is what God wants to do. It also is found in Revelation 22 and 16, where it's referred to as the morning star, but that's another podcast. So we're going to end it there. Thank you so much for joining us. And next time we will be moving on to our next church, which will be, what is our next church in our podcast? Sardis, I think. Okay. So we'll be moving on to the Church of Sardis. Thank you for joining us today. And we will see you next time. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast 
where all episodes are available by category and series format. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.